animals. Uh, speaking of which, this is Pearl Pets. Those of you who've been following along with us for a while, either on YouTube for our blogcast or on your favorite podcast streaming service, know that he is my 23-year-old sold bird sidekick. We've been together since he was five weeks old, and he never misses an episode, and he likes very much to be the solo host. Um, I promise you he calms down as soon as I finish talking. Of course, you're not here to listen to me today. Today, we have an amazing guest, Tammy Billups, and she is going to be sharing more about healing work for animals and healing work for animals and their humans. I'm so excited to have you here, Tammy. Thank you for making time. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to, to have this conversation. And I love your soul bird. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love him. I, I happen to be partial. Um, I've been told sometimes, especially by my animal communication students, that sometimes he can be a little distracting, especially when they're trying to connect with another animal and somebody keeps trying to join the conversation. But you know what? When you've got it, you've got it share it loudly. So of course, those of you who are joining us maybe for the first time because you're interested in hearing from Tammy specifically, I want to say welcome. Um, you know, and uh, let's talk to animals is really about, I, I often I often say it's just as simple as de-wooing animal communication, interspecies communication. You know, if you feel like your pet is trying to send you a message, they are. If you feel like our planet is talking, talking to us right now, it is. In fact, it really needs our help. And so if you're interested in interspecies communication on any level, just understand that you've received that call. You've heard the message. Something in your intuition is talking to you. I think it's amazing that you've chosen to listen to Let's Talk to Animals instead of, you know, green smoothies for success or, you know, how to work four days a week and live in Bali. I mean, there's so much to choose from out there in the podcast sphere and certainly on YouTube. So thank you for being a part. Um, without any further chit chat from me, I wanna introduce you to today's guest um, who has a really amazing and unusual personal story of how you came to do the work that you do. And I would love it. Of course, this, this podcast, this blogcast is often um, a favorite for developing intuitives, healers, and animal communicators. Um, and it, it, it's really inspiring to hear you know, how, how you got started. You know, um, it, it can feel very validating, very encouraging and supportive. And of course, you're wildly successful now and you've got all these amazing books and resources and classes. But there was a time, we know it, right? There was a time when you were just starting out. So if you will, rewind us and take us back to how your journey unfolded. Oh, thank you uh, for that question. So I definitely had the kind of two by four whack across the head into this. <laughs> and lots of times people do. And mine came through traumas, you know, in that uh, it was through my mother's passing. And then uh, three weeks later, my first uh, pet, my first cat, uh, Kalua, she, she passed. And of course, it's always a bit harder for us to recover from those beings that pass that we're around 24 seven, that we're around all the time. And I, based on what I had learned through my mother's passing, because I was a kind of student of her death process, I guess you could say her transitional process, because it came out of nowhere. And six weeks later, she was gone. And my goodness. You know, during, 
during that time, she was talking to people on the other side that were coming to greet her. And I would just normalize it for her, you know, and wanting to hear more because that was a new thing for me at the time. But it opened up that process and I'll forever be grateful for her for opening my mind through that time to raise my awareness about what is possible and about these other dimensions that wasn't on the radar before. So, so when Kalua passed, I, my sense was that there was nobody on the other side to greet her because my mother did not like cats at all. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and so I was like pleading to the heavens, you know, let her come back and live with me. And when I went to bed that night, I, she was the most routine. I had three cats at the time, but she, she was the most routine cat that I had. And meaning that as soon as I turn off the light and I turn over, she jumps on the bed and goes, dit, 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 and comes around, waits for me to raise up the cat. And she goes down behind my knees. And so I turn off the light, you know, and turn over. And all of a sudden I felt on the bed that went, I just got chills again. And I immediately, because I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I turn on the light. I'm like, it's one of the other cats. Are they imitating her? You know, no, there's nobody there. And so anyway, long story short, I began seeing her, communicating with her. And that just it really opened up the door. My other two cats passed at six and eight years of age within months of Kahlua. All three of them passed. It was one of those years that they said, okay, she got it now. You know, she's good. And they just, they decided to move on, but it was, uh, it was a very difficult year to say the least, but how I got into what I'm doing now is because I always wanted to be a healer of some type and, and I was always drawn to help others feel better. And so I went through, I embarked, I embarked upon a four year certification course to help people heal through identifying their emotional wounds and the five different core emotional wounds. And I was able to see, I'm able to see those patterns within people's energy fields. But then I started thinking, well, I wonder if animals have the same thing going on. And so I would ask my friends in the beginning, can I just work on your animal and see if this will help them in any way? Because I knew no one that did it, right? That was just my, that's where I was at the time. This was 22, 23 years ago. And what I found was interesting is that when I would connect to the animal and I would see where maybe they had an emotional wound abandonment and, and you know something was up around that, I would pan to the person and they had the same exact emotional wound up. And so I went, okay, this happened time and time and time again. And I thought, what are the odds that, yeah. that the person and the animal are always mirroring each other's emotional wounds? Well, I couldn't find anything that I'm sure others have identified that as well. But I couldn't, when I went researching, I couldn't find anything about it. So I just started doing my own research. And that was the first book, really. Um, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions was about how much they're marrying us, about these five core emotional wounds and how to identify them within, you know, the animal's behaviors and ailments. And so I just, it started from there. Again, that was probably 20 years ago or more, where I began working with animals and their people because as far as I can see you can't do one without the other which is kind of a delicate thing <laughs> you know uh -huh. to do 
Uh, I still have plenty of two-legged clients that I'm not working on their animals, but when I'm working on their animals, I always let it be known that well, you're working together in tandem. That's very important. You know, it's, it, in fact, you know, when I, when my very first, because my story is not, not so very unlike yours, except that it's happened much more recently in that my father's passing about eight months ago really opened up some pathways and really, and then my best friend's sudden passing before that. And uh, oh, there, there have been several, not to go on down that rabbit trail, but there have been several experiences where I really had this sensation of more, more alike than different. And there, there, and, and, and more connected than not. Um, so many mental assumptions that have been made and, you know, maybe I have even bought into along the way have kind of fallen away. And yet when I first realized that um, that that was an option for me and a really exciting one to become an, an animal intuitive and um, an energy worker, a light worker. You know, I was like, oh, good. I like animals better than people anyway. So I'm so excited to work with animals. And then I found out that I would still be working with people. And, you know, because there's almost always a person, if not several persons attached to a given animal it, at any given time. And even if they're not presently attached, let's say the animal has been relinquished or is waiting for a new forever home, they have um, a lot of experiences with people in their past. And, and, and often those experiences require some, some healing, um, some processing, if you will. And so it was kind of eye-opening when my first animal communication teacher um, introduced the step where we are um, we were meant to tune into the human and I was like uh, no I, I don't want to do that step thanks I didn't sign up for that and now it's become kind of my favorite part of the process because there's such a rich depth of connection and information that comes in which is why I was really drawn to your work especially the the tandem healings that you're doing now what you just talked about um, so of course, what our animal communication listeners are curious about um, is, you know, what what is what is the difference, if any, in even just the energetic signature or the process for connection and communication when you're you are, as you said, panning back and forth. You know, how does it feel different? Um, how to do your finest work when you're you're working simultaneously with a human animal and a non-human animal are there things to maybe watch out for um any insights that can help newbies just getting started to feel more confident and competent and more helpful more useful to the animal and their human what would you recommend well i would start with being able to identify some of those traits as mirroring, meaning if you're looking at a dog that's a reactor per se, and the person's hiring you to, you know, why is this, why is this dog reacting? I need to get it to stop. It's going after the other dogs. It's going after people sometimes. Um, it's knowing that that animal in that moment has had, that usually goes back to the emotional wound of betrayal. 
and that they can't trust others. So just knowing that, okay, so the animal can't trust others. What do we think about the person, right? So the person has probably been through also to have called in. They come together for a reason, to heal together, to evolve together, to learn to love and suffer less. So, um, so as you're talking to you know, a person that has an animal with betrayal issues, you're going to approach them differently than, than someone who has abandonment or someone who has had invasiveness. So you're going to approach the person with betrayal, knowing that they have a hard time trusting. So you're going to, you're going to be delicate with your words and you're never going to criticize because you know, in the, and they can be kind of rough around the edges sometimes because the animal's a little rough around the edges, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, and so we want to kind of we want to we want to be really careful with our words and come from a place always of compassion and love and seeing their light regardless of what they're presenting now i know sometimes there are extremes where if the person's abusing the animal that's completely different we you know yes. we need to, you know we need to take steps you know that are different with that I'm not talking about that situation I'm talking about being able to identify that if the animal has a lot of abandonment, say it's using it's, you know, usually abandonment will show up with a dog in particular and, and others very oral, they're over chewing, they're carrying around a toy, they're over licking, you know, they're using all these oral things, maybe they're barking a lot. Um, knowing that that goes back to abandonment means that the person has an unhealed wound of abandonment as well. So that means they're going to be very externally focused to get their needs met. They're going to call 10 different animal communicators, get the right answer because they don't, you know, they don't believe that they can do it. You know, they believe they can trust themselves because they're going to be looking externally. So I could go on and on and answer this question. Boy, and I, you know, it's, it's so interesting because I'm working with a client right now, clients, um, a, a dog. It's so interesting that you use that example, a dog who is overreactive, um, runs after small children, runs after the neighbor's elderly dog, runs after other small dogs, barking, barking, barking. And, you know, I happen to know the human personally, which puts a little different spin on it, you know, to, to really invite myself to take a step back and forget what I know about that human personally and take a look at the, you know, and, and the, the, when the client came to me, the, the request was, I just want a normal dog. And it's like, okay, let's talk about that. You know, it's like, and it, it, it's been intriguing me all day and knowing that I was having this conversation with you and, and just being in process where we just started the connection process with, with the animal and, and her person. Um, and just realizing, you know, this can be really delicate work. Um, you know, to be able to, to, to go back to the human and, and share in context, in a greater context, and leave that door open for, okay, what, what is the perhaps difficult, but ultimately beneficial work that the whole family needs to do. It's almost like when a human child is acting out or has a problem, it's, I don't really see it as any different than when a, a non-human family member is acting out. It's always a family affair. So is there ever a moment when, you know, as animal communicators, we're often, I promise you there's a question in here. Um, when it, as animal communicators, we're often taught, you know, one human, one animal at a time, but is there ever a time when, 
you find it is healing or necessary to bring the entire interspecies family into the mix. I'm just curious about, I know you're, you're, you know, really launching out with tandem healings, which is fascinating to me, but I'm, I'm curious about the family dynamic because I know that you have this intensive training and these certifications as well. So what do you think? Yeah. So they're, so, so they're, they're going to have, the animal's going to have different soul contracts with each person in the house. And that's why you see the animal act differently with different people in the house, because they're mirroring different aspects of them that they've signed up to heal together. I mean, we do have these soul contracts with each one. So I'm always open to, you know, when the person says, oh, my husband's in the room, like, oh, put me on speaker. You know, uh, you know, if, if you feel comfortable doing, obviously, if they feel comfortable doing that, if they're open to it, just because sometimes when they actually hear it from the person versus versus from the spouse or the partner or the child or whoever it is, it can, uh, it, it can have more uh, validity, you know, more credibility. So I, I get that question a lot regarding, you know, well, if my husband or if my spouse would just do this, then I'm sure the animal wouldn't do yeah. that. You know, can you fix, you know, <laughs> fix them? And, and, and the thing of it is, is that that's a way for them to kind of stop focusing on themselves because they don't want to be the issue. Right. And even though there's, there can be truth to it. The only thing we can really work on is our reactions to the animal and our relationship and our soul contracts. Now, if the other person in the house says, wow, they're, whatever you're doing is working with them for why is she doing that with you? That's different now. And that the, the animal is still doing it the other way with them. Then that's, those are the ways, those little seed plantings, you know, when we model a behavior uh, is always going to go further. And of course, depending on the relationships within the family dynamic as to how open they are. But I'm, I'm always open if they say, you know, my daughter wants to be included or my son or, you know, can I do this? Yes, absolutely. Let's all get on board. But knowing that I'm unattached to them all getting on board and because I believe and trust in the process and accept things and and you have to be able to accept everyone's level of consciousness for where they are and when you do that then they're going to be more receptive i mean when you really do it not just say you do it but when you really accept that that person may not be there to be able to shift that that dynamic between them and the animal then then it's okay trust the timing and it's amazing how many times i've I've done one session with someone and you know, you never hear back and you think, yeah. what happened here? I probably said this or I did that. And then you get this referral, you know, from them and said, you changed their life. And it's like, what? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you just never know, right? Right. And, and just being truth, truthful to yourself, stay in integrity, accepting them, accepting the person where they are and the family where they are. And trusting that there is a higher plan, that you get to be a seed planter, and but you're hired to work with that, per, you know, that person, that particular party in the family. And so you're going to be helping them to shift their awareness if they're open to it. And then hopefully that will have a ripple effect. Yeah, this, this resonates so deeply because, of course, as we start our journey, there is that intense desire to be of service, to be helpful, to be useful, to find meaning 
in our journey and know we're making an impact and, and a unique impact at that, that yes, we ourselves have bring something that nobody else brings to the table that can be helpful. And, and yet recognizing that I, I love what, um, Don Miguel Ruiz has these four agreements and he talks about don't take anything personally and don't make assumptions. And that has been really helpful for me as I've, you know, connected with hundreds of different people and animals now and realizing sometimes the session I think went the worst because my brain has certain presets about what it decides are the markers I need to look for that indicate success, home run, you did a great job, pat yourself on the back, out a girl, whatever. They're all missing. Maybe it's because that human expresses um, satisfaction or appreciation in a different way. Maybe it's because that person is not comfortable expressing it at all, except possibly through a referral. I'm just kind of tabling that and go, my job is to show up. When I'm called, and you know, I often also hear, because of course I come from a business and marketing background, and the concern is, well, but the market is saturated. There are so many healers. There are so many communicators. And I'm like, no, go down to the local shelter and take a look at all the animals that are there. There will never be enough healers and enough communicators to meet the need. And if you're feeling in any, if you're listening right now and you're still listening right now, and you're still intrigued and there's something that was like, you know, and I used to think it was the cool, the cool kids club. Like I would, I hired animal communicators. I did. I didn't think I would ever be one. And I was like, Oh, that's such a cool, you know, it's like, it's like singing. You either have it or you don't. And it's like, not really, this is a birthright. And that's where let's talk to animals started from. This is a birthright gift. Now what you do with it, where you go with it, that can be shaped by your unique background. Like you said, your mother passing and then your cat passing and then your other cats passing. And it was like, there was kind of a, kind of a pivotal moment or series of moments for you. And just understand that we all do bring those unique gifts, but the actual ability to communicate with our planet and with all of all of life living here with us on it is something we all can do. It's just a choice at some point. Do you want to check it out a little bit further? Do you want to take it a little bit further? And I'm going to say here at this point too, that one of the best ways, and this is going to sound like a total, I just told you I was in business and marketing and now, now here I'm going to do it. But honestly, I hired animal communicators for years and intuitive healers and energy workers for years, um, healing some trauma in my past and to help me um, better serve and care for my own personal animals before I ever got into this work. It is the hands down best way to experience a, a connection, a, a have an experience of, of, of intuitive connection that just basically shuts your mind up because you're like, I just, I don't know what just happened here, but that was totally real. And so, you know, for me, the tandem healings is what I think I told you before we even started, what really jumped out at me because it's so unique and it is born of your unique background and experience. Um, so, you know, not to give away any trade secrets, but what would that be like if somebody listening to the, to the show right now is like, I am very intrigued by what that is. And I would like to experience that, but I'm a little nervous. I don't know what to expect. Maybe I've, I've never done this before. Um, 
what's it gonna be like that kind of thing can you give us a few tidbits to maybe ease some anxieties and um and give people some first steps they can take if they want to experience this with their animal well uh the the tandem healings i did a lot of case studies trying to kind of find my way through it i I, I would see, because I would work on some animals, and maybe the reason why the person uh, contacted me would immediately stop, but then the animal might revert, and my theory was that it was because the person was still in that same emotional wound, and that energy was still mm. most prevalent between the two of them, so of course, they just slipped right back into it, so the, that was really the, the reason why I decided to, to ask for, uh, for volunteers to do case studies on the connecting with them both heart to heart, soul to soul. So what I usually will say is that tandem healings are designed to go to the soul contracts that you're mirroring and things that you're healing together. So they're not two individual healing sessions that just happen to be happening. Okay. What it is, the purpose of it is to go to, okay, or if they're both working on abandonment, then let's go to that because when she feels better, he feels better when he, you know, vice versa, right? So I connect both like a triangle, heart to heart, soul to soul. And then I kind of uh, start observing, you know, where, where this, what the soul contracts are, and then just see what's moving out. So, uh, and a lot of times there is a lot of this emotional wound stuff. Sometimes it's karmic. Sometimes there's some projection there's um, maybe the pinnacle teachings that are involved or some physical soul contracts where uh, the animal might have taken on some of the physical issues, which I used to have that happen with my animals all the time. Yeah. You know, before I started my own inner healing journey, you know, my animals would, if I got asthma, my cat got asthma, if I got a UTI, another one, like, it was amazing. And I just thought, what are the odds? Um, but it but it does happen it can happen it's amazing because especially for those of us that get emotionally very attached to our animals yeah so so everyone can always as far as a tip um, of just pulling themselves back and looking at their animals behaviors and maybe even physical issues as well what message is in this for me you know what part of me you know is is feeling that way or um, not focused or whatever it is that the animal's going through. You know, it's like the when the person calls out, my dog is jumping, 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 jumping. And I don't know why he's jumping and I can't get him to stop jumping. And she's and like, I'm jumping here and her talking. Right, about just it. listening to her talk. Right, right. And, and I'm going, okay, nobody's grounded here, you know. And so the animal's always marrying us, you know, in some fashion. Sometimes there are button pushers and we enlisted that at a soul level as well for them to push our buttons where all of a sudden we're feeling disrespected like you know and not heard like what we were as a child it's like yeah watch this here's this issue you still have this you need to work on this (laughs) so it's it's pretty incredible you know and the more you're open to looking at things that way is 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 going to extremely benefit your relationship because then your animals can sometimes stop on a dime what the behavior was. It's like, oh, she got it. Oh, he got it. You know, and then I hear that all the time. I do. I see that with my current animals. I'm like, okay, what's the message for me? Thanks, guys. What are you trying to tell me? And I get that. And the behavior just is no longer there. They don't do it anymore. 
So this would save a lot of medications, sometimes surgeries, not always, of course, but it, it does have that ability to not just let the focus be, I need to fix my animal. It's like, okay, is there something in tandem that we're working on here? What could that be? What can I do to help myself get in alignment in a higher vibration so that I'm working on my things and then watch how your animal reacts to that. I mean, once I started my inner healing journey, and I've had hundreds of sessions. I mean, I was in weekly for years. That doesn't mean everybody has to do that. It just so happened I had a lot of stuff to heal. But as soon as I did that, my animals, um, their physical wounding and their issues and their behaviors, I mean, it was dramatically different. I used to be at the vet all the time, all the time, when I was sick all the time. So I can really relate and so can he, um, we had a, a, a mirroring health issue for many years and spent hundreds upon hundreds of dollars at the vet before I finally hired an animal communicator. This was way back in the day and discovered that there was a mirroring issue going on and I was given an affirmation just to share with him. And slowly but surely over the years, because I was very unacquainted, if that's even a word at the time, with, with, with working on um, health issues uh, manifesting on a subtler level than just the physical, I wasn't really well acquainted with how that could work. But over the years, as we worked more and more with it, um, you've just gotten healthier and healthier and happier. And that makes mummy healthier and healthier and happier and happier, right? Mm, 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 mm. Speaking of people being very emotionally attached to their animals, um, you know, and, and that that is a really good point because, you know, I often refer to animal communicators as one piece of the puzzle, you know, having somebody come to me and wanting that abrupt shift in the animal's behavior. I, I haven't necessarily always found that with my clients. Rather, it feels like we're taking one step towards whatever is needed to create a more harmonious home life. Uh, because it, it can include several different pieces, you know, maybe some body work, maybe some, I, I noticed you were certified in, in bioenergetics as well. So maybe some, some body work, maybe some, um, some energy healing Reiki or other kinds of energy healing work. Maybe it's um, some nutritional changes. Um, you know, there, there can be all kinds of different pieces to take a look at. And this is where I think the bond between the animal and the human is so integral because as I told my client today, you know, unconditionally loving another being is like stepping up to the plate and saying, yes, I'm willing when we're asked to step out of our comfort zone. Because a lot of this stuff, it's like the animals feel pretty open to it, but they're humans. They're kind of like, you said you want me to do what? <laughs> you know, so do you often find that the, the human approaches you first for their own healing and then you find out there's an animal involved? Or do you find that the person comes to you for animal communication or animal healing and then you discover the human is involved? Oh, it's definitely more the latter. Where, yeah. You know, it's a, 
fix fix my animal or they want you know it's it's hurting them to see their animal suffer of course because they love their animal and and sometimes it's a slower process of introduction to to the person uh, feeling safe enough to to kind of go a little bit deeper and I always honor their timing whatever that is and frequently I will start tandem healings with um, with one couple, you know, an animal and a person. And before we know it, we're only working on the person uh, because they've seen such a dramatic change in both of them. And now they are they feel safe enough to go deeper because it is it is hard to be in a human body. It is, isn't it? It really yeah. can be. <laughs> And animals it really can be, yeah. So, and I so feel sometimes that animals get it more quickly than humans do. So yeah. you'll see that transformation in the animal, but then the humans like, wait, I'm still playing catch up here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. First, because because of what they've been through, and it really does take uh, acceptance around their their pace and. It's just the more you do it, the more you learn what approaches might work with different with different people, and just listening to your intuition, but always accepting them for where they are and seeing their light, and having compassion no matter what. So here's the point usually in our in our podcast where I invite the guest to share. Um, Maybe our first step for somebody who's listening and wants to work with you. Maybe it's a first step for somebody who is interested in, in following a path to become an energy worker. You have so much. You have books, you have classes, you have consultations, you have so many, you have a blog, you have um, so many different ways to to start experiencing the power of um, healing soul to soul, where 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 do we start? What should we do first? How to how to reach out to you? Um, what would you recommend? Well, I I would recommend that the person go within. I have lots of options and see what resonates most with them. You know, one of the one of the places where you might start. First is that I have free guided meditations on my YouTube channel mm. and on Insight Timer app that are specifically around these five core emotional wounds. So as you know, you're sometimes it's easier to identify what our animal has, and then yes, you know that's a good if, tip. If we know that they have abandonment, you know the the meditations are designed for you to kind of sit for uh with your animal and you'll hear kind of how i work through those because my purpose in the guided meditations is to give you that new internal parenting voice to help you have the tools to be able to heal that emotional wound so i also have the books of course the animal soul contracts and soul healing with our animal companions and the new one coming out this year is animal way showers and and so those also have you know sometimes people like to read first you can go that route on my website, TammyBuilds.com, I have all of my different services. I do a lot of mentoring and mentoring groups for animal uh, communicators to help them ease their way with the approaching of, of doing things in tandem, you know, with the person because it just takes it just takes um, more experience. It just takes the more the more you do it, the easier it gets, kind of thing. Because, like you said in the beginning, we think we know what will 
you know, make everyone feel better. We want them to do that. And that's the hardest part is that our hearts are in the right places, but sometimes the approach can be modified a bit that will help actually kind of plant those seeds so it happens faster. So I'm trying to think if there's, there's, yeah. So we'll start with the, guided. Like, I love the idea of meditation. I've been meditating since I was a teenager and it has really, really kind of, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to use the phrase kept me saying loosely. Um, however, it, it does feel like meditation has really been uh, a rock for me through some very turbulent years. And so insight timer, um, if you have that or, or heading over to YouTube and um, experiencing the meditations, especially if you're, you know, you're really not sure, like you said, what it is, maybe you, or maybe you just think it's in your animal, you know, and just listening to the meditation, maybe something will pop out at you um, that kind of lights, lights, lights a candle or ignites a spark, so to speak. It's certainly not going to hurt at all. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And then um, you've got, it looks like you've got classes, you have several Ooh. books and, yeah. um, and mentorship. So a rich assortment of options and very, very grateful. TammyBillups.com, by the way, I forgot to say that at the beginning of our podcast today, and that's B-I-L-L-U. P.S. is in Sam.com, and I'll put that in the show notes as well, right? And so appreciative of your time today, Tammy. Um, grateful to hear more about this process. It is so needed, and ah, yeah, yeah. You, I think, I think this one is perfectly healthy, Pro. You're perfectly healthy. It's your mummy who needs all the work, isn't it? <laughs> Shannon, so, thank you for all that you're doing for so many wonderful animals. Oh, you're very Your work is extraordinary, and thank you for sharing it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I just, I every single time I've been podcasting for I don't know more than a decade now, in one form or fashion, I'm still extremely nervous podcast host, and I still can't believe that anybody is like, yeah, sure, I'll trust you to go on the air with me and talk about whatever comes out of your mouth, you know, <laughs> like, I'm always very excited by that. So I uh, look forward to sharing, uh, sharing more of your work um, with everyone who's listening and watching. If you're enjoying Let's Talk, with, Let's Talk to Animals, uh, see, nervous podcast host cannot remember the name of her own show. I think that's proof right there. Um, if you're enjoying Let's Talk to Animals, please leave us a five-star review or Pearl's just 50 stars if that's an option in your area. Uh, please leave us a comment if you have a question for Tammy or for myself uh, or for both of us. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a request for a future show guest, let me know and I will do my utmost. And we hope you will join us here every week on your favorite streaming service or on YouTube or both. Um, to learn from amazing, innovative, empathic, and heartfelt animal intuitives and healers who just want to make this a happier, healthier place for all of us to live. So look forward to welcoming you again next week. Thank you again, Tammy, for being with us today. You can find us on animallovelanguages.com, by the way. There's another marketing moment for you. Uh, and one that I almost forgot. Uh, more importantly, you can also find Pearl on animallovelanguages.com. And we look forward to seeing you there as well. Okay, have a wonderful rest of your day and bye for now.